Hi, if I could take a moment of your time before we start. If you've enjoyed previous episodes or if you enjoy this episode, if you could subscribe on the platform that you listen to, that would be really helpful. It helps us get more guests and push the podcast forward. Thanks. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Car Chat Podcast. And I am here today, again, for the second time with Max Gerardo. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Um, good to be back again. Yeah. Um, can you tell the audience, the people that haven't come across you before, or maybe heard our first episode, which was, I believe was number 40, which was about a year ago, um, sort of a little bit about who you are, what you do over there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, a year ago, can I tell you what, time, time flies. Huh? Yeah. So who am I? Uh, Max Gerardo. Um, I, uh, work in the, I'm lucky enough to work in the world of cars, of classic cars. Uh, I was a head auctioneer for RM Sotheby's for about uh, 12 years. So it took a lot of sales. And about five years ago, I, uh, left RM Sotheby's to, Open uh, um, my own company um, in the UK, specialising in in cars that we love. Um, everyone always asks, uh, "What kind of cars do you specialise in?" Anything that we like, and 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 luckily for me, I love all cars. <laughs> so so we sort of do a lot of different uh, type of cars. Um, based in uh, Oxfordshire now, which we can talk about uh, in uh, in a little bit, um, and uh, and. Should I say rapidly expanding? Yeah. Just doing more and more things, more and more exciting stuff. The last time I saw you, well, actually not the last time I saw you, last time I saw you was at your new place. But the last time we recorded an episode, we were in, I, I guess, what was someone's house at some point in time. Was it a house? <laughs> yeah. it, actually, do you know what it was? It's, it, it, it was initially, it was a garage, um, uh, like a sort of a kind of a muse. Maybe one day there were horses in there. Yeah, yeah. The story, story has it that in our old office, the, there used to be a guy, uh, a workshop, a guy servicing and repairing London taxis. Um, right. And then like all good property in London, it got bought by a property developer and got turned into sort of a office stroke house, um, stroke funky space, right? Because that's what happens yeah. to any sort of funky little, little <laughs> nook and cranny in the center of London. Yeah, it was a, it was a very cool little spot, which was was crammed as as much as possible, full of cars. Um, yeah. There was all, all sorts of crazy stuff. There was, I think, we had some rally cars, uh, yeah. old Formula One car, some nice Ferraris and whatnot, all jammed into this tiny space. And I guess ultimately, you've decided that that was too small and you needed to expand. Yeah, yeah, it, it was too small. You know, when we first uh, um, uh, open founder of the company. We were looking outside of London and then that space in central London came up and it just seemed like it was less is more small, but beautiful, charming. And, and it was, uh, and it was perfect. And, and, uh, um, and we've been toying with the idea of moving out of London for 
Oh my God, for forever, basically, ever yeah. since day one. Not, not that the space we had wasn't working, just always looking at other opportunities. And um, after five years of, uh, of keep on visiting properties, keep on visiting properties, um, uh, we came across the property we're in now in, uh, in, in, in Oxfordshire. And it just seemed like it was the right fit. It's got so much potential. Um, uh, and just the thought of, of having more space was quite exciting. More cars around, more yeah. roads to drive them on. Um, I mean, I can't tell you how much time we spent moving cars around. It's because it was like a, it was like Tetris, wasn't it? When you came over, it's like you, yeah. to get one car out, you have to move five, <laughs> and you put them out on the road, and the traffic wardens, and 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 so and so uh, so after after the opportunity came up, we thought, you know what? Let's do this. Let's go. Let's see. Of yeah. course, terrifying okay. move. It's actually a terrifying move because you think, ah, if we leave London, will anyone ever come and see us? Maybe no yeah. one will ever come and see us again. Because, <laughs> well, where you were, it was pro- quite easy for people in London to get to you. And I guess where you are now is, is relatively easy for people to get to you. Anyway, just you're closer to, you're slightly further out of London and you're closer to the rest of the UK. There we go. Um, I, like, I like that. I like the way of putting it. <laughs> And I, I guess the benefit of being in a small place at the beginning, security-wise, like as you said, no one's stealing the car at the back. It would just take too long. <laughs> you, it, literally impossible. There was only one door out, and if you had to take a car out, you were only taking the door, the car that was in front of the uh, in front in front of the door, because it would it takes hours to get cars in hours, literally hours. <laughs> and you need to know how to operate Gojax, <laughs> or yes. else nothing's coming out. <laughs> <laughs> with um was it difficult to find a place did you yeah, super see, difficult. what sort super of requirements do you need for a so I, I suppose the you know you want the ultimate car guys property right uh and um and there is no such thing right there there isn't there isn't a it's not like you sort of open a restaurant and you go i need these many square feet in the kitchen uh, yeah. there's lots of lots of restaurants or you need a shop or you need this is there's there is no one that builds a place for cars so it seems like the go-to is some kind of farm-type setup where there's buildings okay. and barns to, to put cars into, um, move the animals out and put the cars inside. So, so that was the, 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 I guess, the brief. Somewhere where we could park, store, show a lot of, or a lot, uh, lots of cars and have lots of, uh, lots of space. Um, uh, so it, was it easy? No. Like, and is the perfect place out there? No. You have to... You know, as we did, I think anyone will, you, you need to find the one that you like and then you have to adapt it to, to, to your needs. But I suppose it's like you buy a house and then you, if you buy a house, you then you probably redecorate because you don't like don't know, yeah. pink rooms and you want them blue or something. Yeah, exactly. And you try and see in your head what it could be and ideally without too much spend, you know, oh, it could be that, but hopefully it won't cost too much. I know one of the things you said you, you would love to do is have, cars on two floors in in one of the shows but then uh when you look at it you're like um, maybe maybe we'll expand laterally first <laughs> <laughs> it's just so you get you know you, you buy your property you think oh we're gonna have like as i said cars on two floors and we're gonna have like you know i don't know chandeliers and we're gonna have i don't know fireworks and then and then you 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 hear for a while and reality slowly sets in you think cars on two floors that involves a lift reinforced floors. I was like, well, maybe that's not quite the best way to go. <laughs> Sounds like a great idea, but, uh, but yeah. And then you get the quote and you're like, yeah, we'll definitely yeah. not do that. No, no, no. Yeah. We'll wait. We'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> Although going up is probably easier than going down. I imagine. It, you know, it's funny you say that. Uh, it's, I did learn that because, 
in in my excitement of uh, of uh, of adapting our current property, yeah. um, we looked at going up, we looked at going down, and we looked at going sideways. And I can a hundred percent confirm that sideways is the cheapest, <laughs> then up, and the most expensive is to go down. Which I always thought going down would have been easy, right? You just it's, it's just dig a hole, but apparently it's not. It's not. Or yeah, so the builders. and you've got you've got all the structure underneath. Like it's not like your car's going to fall any further when you've digged the exactly. hole. But no, apparently, apparently that isn't that is an expensive way of going about it. Um, so, can you just sort of describe your new place? What what is it like for the people for people that have not been, not seen yeah. it? Yeah. Um, so <laughs> it's work in progress. Uh, I mean, it's amazing. No, it's it's great. It's uh, it's. Um, uh, for those of you that are familiar with UK geography, it's uh, off of the M40, Junction 7, um, just before Oxford Services. Um, it's not very far, um, not very far away from London, actually. Um, uh, some of the some of the guys that work with me actually commute from London every day. Um, they drive up in, um, uh, in the morning. So it's, um, uh, it's on a farm, um, and uh, there is what was one of the barns is now uh, our showroom, or... It's going to become our show. It is a showroom now, but we're going to re-add to it. We're going to um, uh, add some more space, uh, refinish all of the inside, make it a bit more tailor-made to cars. Um, yeah. uh, we got a nice uh, uh, an office, which is sort of our our, our building, uh, our sorry, our, our office building at the moment, um, which uh, will be turned into a reception area. So you see, there's lots of like changes coming coming forward, yeah. and then we've got a big, big, big um, uh, uh, shed if you can call it a shed, a uh, farm building where literally there, there used to be farm animals. Now it's, it's completely empty and that's going to be redeveloped into car storage. And so we'll have probably space for 120 cars in, uh, uh, in storage. And uh, okay. yeah, we should be breaking ground um, uh, with that in uh, about two weeks. Uh, the works will, will start. So we'll have a uh, new, um, what well, new everything. It's just, a, it basically is going to be a new, a new building going up. Um, new, um, new, new roof, new size. It's, it's with lifts, temperature controls. Um, we're going, we're going ecological. We're going to have uh, solar panels, uh, on the, oh, nice. um, uh, on the, uh, on the, on the roof to create a little bit of, uh, electricity, you know, that carbon offset and all that. Yep. Um, uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. some of the hydrocarbons below burned below. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we offset them. We have, <laughs> I should have a little sign actually that says that to offset some of the uh, hydrocarbons burned underneath. <laughs> we've got some yeah. solar panels above. Yes. Yeah, so you could, you could do a carbon offset like as part of the storage fee and be like, Hey guys, if you want to contribute some more uh, solar panels, take this <laughs> right, box. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a good, yeah, watch this face. <laughs> yeah. Get so, them um, to contribute to your building costs. Yeah. Um, um, and we're in, in sort of, like just in the countryside, so there's some beautiful roads around around here. Um, mm. uh, the Chilterns, so there's even some I don't want to call them mountains, but there's some hills to you know drive around. Some nice country lanes. That's one of the things that I really, really, really appreciate for me personally being yeah. here now is the fact that I get to spend so much more time to drive the cars that we have for sale that we're offering or you, you get such a, just so much more opportunity, obviously being, you know, when we were in central London, it's not so easy to nice. just take a car out and you end up often getting stuck in traffic and it, you don't really get the sense of the car. Um, uh, so that's one of the things actually that I probably underestimated um, or, or underestimated the value of it's, 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 I'm really appreciating uh, uh, being able to, to take the cars out with clients um, uh, or, or without clients or just even when a car comes in to be able to spend 
half an hour and just drive it and yeah. sees everything working fine. What's it like to drive? That's, that's something which is, which is, I don't say priceless, but it has a lot of value to me anyway. Yeah, totally. I, I feel that like quite heavily at the moment living in, well, slightly further out in London than I did before, but essentially still within London and to drive a car, you, you know, you need to, to drive it properly. You probably have to drive for like 45 minutes to an hour out of London and then you can go on a good road, which just defeats that start the key, drive out the door, straight onto a nice bit of road, off you go, having fun straight away, park it up kind of attitude. It just, you completely kill that. And it's, when you get to do it, it is so nice. And I think that will, that's one of the reasons why I would love to move slightly further out of London, just to be able to just drive a car straight away. Yeah, yeah, there is. I mean, look, we're all car guys, right? We love driving cars. So, um, um, so that's, I think, I think that's, that's, uh, it's not to be underestimated for that way, no. not to be underestimated. No, no, no. Yeah. Moving all of the stuff, all the cars and things like that. Did you just put them all on the transport or did you get like all of your friends in one go to drive them? <laughs> <laughs> I had a lot of offers from a lot of friends to come and drive everything. Uh, we, uh, we drove a few, uh, um, and the rest came up on, uh, on, on, on transport. It was, uh, it was, uh, it was quite the day. And of course, of course, um, it was pouring with rain the day we were supposed to move. Of course, there's always a way, right? I mean, even just all the boxes with all the books and all the stuff, everything was just sort of being unloaded and was soaking wet because that's the way, that's always a way when you're, uh, when you're going to move. Um, yeah. So, yeah. 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 Classic. With the, with, with the storage stuff, did you, cause it, it's something that I'm aware of in terms of like, I have cars in storage because everyone, no one nowadays has enough garage space or drive space, especially if you're in a city. Um, did you, as soon as you sort of said, oh, we're going to start doing it, did you just have like everybody that you know go, um, can you just look after one or two of my cars, please? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it, it, I think storage, it's just there is more, I feel like we often have, or, or car guys often have more cars than space, right? I mean, listen, yeah. there's a luxury problem to have. But it, yeah. it's easy, you know. You've got one car, you want one car park space, and you always inevitably end up with three cars. If you've got five spaces at home, you inevitably end yeah. up with seven. It's just, it's just the way, it's just the way it goes. I don't hear, I've never met anyone that says, "Ooh, you know, I've got a garage for fifteen cars, but I only own two. <laughs> never, I've never heard that. <laughs> yeah. Never, never. Unless never. they've literally just moved there. <laughs> yeah, exactly, literally. But that only lasts for a week anyway. <laughs> no, because then all their friends are like, oh, can I just park a car in there, please? So, uh, so, so it's funny you said it because uh, the barns at the moment, it's, it's like, it's all, it's all, it's a, they're good barns, just not, they're not to the standard ready for to the storage. Mm. And it's funny, as soon as we moved in, literally, I must have had like 10 or 12 cars here, like friends. And I was like, I, I can, I'm happy to park your car. I, I don't do storage yet, but yeah. and like, don't worry, I just need to put it somewhere for like a week or a month or, or uh, and lo and behold, nine months later, all the cars are yeah. still there. Um, uh, so yeah, as soon as it, the storage facility is not even built and uh, and already like the day we moved, the next day, there was like the first car coming and saying, do you mind if I just park this, uh, you know, I don't want to leave it outside. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was saying, well, not, I don't have storage yet. <laughs> so, uh, so when I came to visit you, like pop in, I don't, I don't know when that was, two weeks ago, something like that, a couple of weeks ago. I had a little look around, saw sort of, as you do, walk in here, have a look around there. And you always have the, just the maddest stuff. In in said barn, <laughs> which <Yeah. laughs> was a uh, Porsche 956K, 
casual. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and the car that came third overall at Le Mans in Rothman's livery works car, um, yeah, 1982. So yeah, just it was sort of just having a rest, <laughs> just having a having a little break. Um, actually, okay, you might know this. You probably know this. I do not know this. I I don't know the difference between a 956 and a 962, other than their one is older than the other. From that's looking a, at a, them, to me, they look very similar. Yeah, super similar. Um, it's just the 962 is just the um, uh, the the evolution, and 956s were call it the first first iteration uh all works cars um uh, and then they were super successful obviously and the next variant for group c racing uh was a 962 and, and 962s were available for privateers uh, as oh, well okay. there's no privateer 956 but there are privateer 962s but but you know uh, not essentially they're not they're not the same car it's, it's just it's just the, the the evolution one of one of the big evolutions actually was um um uh was also from a from a, a safety perspective that the 962 they moved the driver back it was uh um uh, it was a much safer car after a terrible accident of uh, of belloff at the nurburgring where where he tragically lost his life so mm. so that was one of the big big evolutions for the uh for the 962 just just faster yeah 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 <laughs> as, as, as some of the 962s have some of them got carbon tubs? Yes, the very, very last ones you can have a carbon uh, um, uh, current, but not by not made by Porsche. You know, you know with those Group C cars, you could um, there was Thomson tubs. Um, the Kramer started to make their own tubs, so so some of the privateer teams were allowed or able to make their own 962. Um, so they were oh, making okay. their own uh, um, uh, their own their own cars. Oh, that's quite. I did I did not know that. So you, <laughs> so what? How does that even work? Do you just buy a selection of parts from Porsche and then you can assemble them however you like. Yeah, exactly. Ish. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, Fair enough. I mean, and do you remember, do you remember seeing the, the, um, uh, the Schuppen 962? Do you remember, do you remember the Schuppen? Yeah. Vern, Vern Schuppen, who was, uh, who was racing for Porsche. Um, um, he actually raced, uh, he did Le Mans in 1983. I think it was. I think it won Le Mans nineteen eighty three. Uh, anyway, he made a um, uh, he made a Schuppen um, nine six two, uh, which basically was again the similar, the same tub and uh, and running gear. Only six cars were ever uh, um, uh, were ever made, and um, and and it was based on a um, uh, nine six two. And actually, he had so he had a carbon tub um, um, based um, uh, based on nine six two. Um, uh, for for his car, and so it was like a road going Group C car, you know. Yeah, I've just I've just brought this up. I remember it. It was quite like a smooth looking version of a nine six two, but a, yeah. as a road car. Yeah, Fair enough. yeah. There we go. Nineteen ninety two, nineteen ninety three. I mean, it must have been horrendous on the road. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> maybe Absolutely. maybe that's maybe that's why he only built six. <laughs> yeah, no one it's that thing of people going oh yeah I, I really want a race car on the road and i think there's race cars that work well on the road maybe a rally car but mm-hmm. <laughs> a prototype less so, mm-hmm. so more, more 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 difficult but it's true isn't it we look look it's, it's interesting you said that sort of it seems like we a lot of people or we all have a fascination with putting race cars on the road you know be it mm. an f40 lm um, to road register or an F40 GT or or road register, uh, you know, a, a, a CLK GT. It just seems like yeah. there's always quite the fascination. Porsche GT1, 
Um, we, we had, I remember we saw the Porsche GT1 that uh, that was road registered. So there is this sort of fascination of uh, of putting uh, um, putting a race car on the road. I don't know why, because it's obviously not made to go on the road, and it's going to obviously be loud, noisy, uncomfortable. You know, won't go over speed bumps, but yet we love to do it. There's something yeah. something about it. This, have you um, sat in or maneuvered or even driven a CLK GTR? Yes, I've sat in it. I have driven and I've maneuvered, and I can tell you that it, it, it just getting into it is like a is like <laughs> yeah. a, a word. Like you need to be a yeah. But, but now you don't need to be contortious. You just you need to practice. Put it this way: yes. if it was delivered to you, right, and it, and and you need to get into it the first time, if you've never tried to get into a CLK GTR. Uh, and all your friends are there. You don't want to be trying. You're just going to make us make yourself make yourself yeah. look silly. You need to know how to sort of slide. You know, insert yourself, slide into the car. The, the door is not quite um, um, uh, quite uh, quite quite open. So yeah, you need to uh, you need to have some practice. Just not very practical, is it? <laughs> yeah, I I, I I had to maneuver one around a bit to get it out of someone's subterranean basement at one point in time, <laughs> and like it just it was just not fun. At all. <laughs> it's just it's just it's just no they're just it's not meant to be driven on the road or, or I, I don't know yeah there's also another side of it is if if a car is road registered you're not paying tax on it when you sell it are you tax uh, if a car is if it's a race car i mean depending on the situation but if it's a race car you don't pay tax on it um uh, uh tax on Do you not? Nope. No, 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 i no, thought they had no. to be road registered like it had to be like a road car, otherwise it was like a commercial good or something. Oh. No, 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 you're 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 okay. You're I'm okay. So you're okay when you sell your race car. That's you're good. Right, That's good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is something that I came across recently, um, and I was just looking back through things you've sold and whatnot, um, and it it brought up a, a sort of topic really. Um, one of them. So you sold a collection of cars called the Campion Collection. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Um, which was a bunch of martini liveried cool race cars yeah yeah that's right that's right these collections and you'll be able to tell me okay i'm sure they're all different but are they sold generally when someone dies or do people build up a collection and then just decide one day i want to sell it well obviously it's a mix but yeah no no there's a, yeah there is there is a mix um, um uh I, I think there's some people that love to put collections together you know put put yeah, put a collection together and, and, and find all the right cars. And, and once you get to the point where you have a, a collection that you're happy with, there's almost, oh, there's not, there's not nowhere else to go, but you, you reach your end goal. Yeah. Then, uh, then some people are like serial collectors. They like to sell it and then start again. Um, <laughs> um, or, you know, or you know, things change in life or, or you end up with 80 cars um, in yeah. your, uh, in your collection is just too many. And so maybe you'll sell, 20 or 30 of them. Um, uh, there is sort of a, I say in different reasons, but loads of different reasons to, uh, to, that they, uh, they, they get sold. And yeah, unfortunately, sometimes they get sold because, you know, people pass away and, and, and the next generation is not necessarily as, as, um, uh, as interested in, in keeping a collection of 10, 20, 30, um, uh, cars. And, and, and actually you see them at auction a lot as well, like big, big collections. Yeah. Uh, when people have 50 or 60 cars, um, uh, quite often you see collections, whole collections being sold at auction. And, and you know what? It's actually, it's like the same as art or, or cars or watches. Um, just people love to collect. Yeah. It's great. Luckily for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. 
No, it's it's, it's an interesting one because I, I see these these collections going up for sale. Uh, there was that one on collecting cars recently. Yeah. Was it called? Yeah, you said they were the Porsche collection. Yeah. Yeah, and and you look at something like that, and I don't know the story behind that one, and you it had some very very new cars in it, like very new. Um, and you kind of go, oh, well, why would you sell that? And then there was part of me that wondered, I don't know the situation, but you look at something like that that's just like such a deep collection up to very new, and you go, does this person have a bunch of other cars that they have not sold? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can look at collections two ways. One, is that person selling like the, the you know, the, group, the, 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 the things that aren't as good and keeping yeah. the best? Um, uh, or is it the whole collection and actually it's really nice that you're buying a car from a collection. If you're going to buy a car, there is, I find that people like to buy cars from collections. Mm. If you're going to buy, take a really normal car. Let's take a, let's take a, um, I don't know, a Ferrari 355. There's lots of yeah. 355s for sale, right? It's a, it's a Ferrari. It's not a normal car, but it's only like in, 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 the, yeah. in the, in the realm of Ferraris. It's not super special, but yeah. If you bought a 355 that was in the, whatever, in Mr. Smith's collection, and it happened to be next to a 250 GTO and a 288 GTO and an F40 and an F50 and an Enzo and he had a, a 550 and a 355, there is something a bit more, the car might be identical, but there's something a bit more special about it. There's, there's people, people, I know that we all like to buy something that has from a collection. It makes, it makes it a bit more special than the other one, right? If there's two red yeah, 355s, one's from a great collection, you'd rather have that one. Yeah, it's a, that's an interesting point. I, I think I would look at that from, and this just might might not be true, but you'd look at someone that owns, let's say, a 250 GTO and they've got a 355. There's chances are that 355 has been looked after very well. And if something were ever to go wrong, it would get sorted by the right people in the right way. Mm-hmm. 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 Obviously, that can happen to any car, but... I, if someone owns a bunch of exceptionally expensive cars and they have some less expensive cars, one could draw that line between the two and say they probably look after those quite well. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly. And I mean, a three five five, you know, or if you, if, if that person's bought a car, you would, you have the hope that if you have a GTO and you have a, an F forty and you have an F fifty and you have fifteen other Ferraris in your collections, you're an experienced collector, you're an experienced buyer, mm. and you live in the hope that if that guy's got a 355, it's probably going to be a good one. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. cause he, he knows and he's in the world. And so, so it, because of all those reasons, interesting when, when collections come up, people get really excited. Um, people like to buy a car from a particular collection. It gives, it gives a bit more confidence to the buyer. It doesn't necessarily mean the car is worth more, but, uh, but it certainly gives buyers more confidence. Yeah. But then you have the, and then you have different types of collections. So you have, collections of cars that get driven and then you get collections of cars that don't get driven and the best i think that i've come across is when people have two they have two of each car or two of certain cars and one gets driven and one get doesn't get driven yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a it it's an interesting one like with your let's say your 355 if it's a zero mileage car okay you basically can't drive that car that's you can but you probably need to rebuild it first yeah yeah, 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 and 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 I find most people is like, ah, oh, you know, they can't just can't bring a lot of people that have super low mileage cars. Yeah, often can't bring themselves to put the five thousand, ten thousand miles on a delivery mileage 
at 40. Like if no. you have a daily range of 40, you're probably not going to do 10,000 miles in it. And well, I've got <laughs> one client, one client, one client that, uh, that, that, that we bought, we sold a few delivery mileage cars to. And yeah. he took the view. I want a delivery mileage car because I didn't buy my F40 when it was new. I couldn't. And now I can. And I want the experience of what is it like having a new F40. And I'm going to yeah. drive it. And he has, you know, he went from a thousand miles to now 6,000 or 7,000. So he's yeah. actually driven. He's like, I don't care about the value. I just, I, I bought something that I couldn't have at the time. But, but of all our clients, there's only one guy that I know <laughs> that was ready to do that. One. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're making quite a commitment at that point. You're, you're accepting that like it's going from this price to this price. The moment I tick over like a couple of hundred miles or whatever. And, but I'm accepting that. I like, I like that. The people that are happy to do that and willing to do that. I think that's a really cool way of going about it because as much as you can restore a car, I don't believe a restored car is the same as a new car. Yeah. Many people say that. Uh, Well, listen, depending on what you're restoring, depending on the car. Yeah. These days, often, depending on, you know, like a top level restoration is better, like way better, if you, especially if you take 60s cars. If you yeah. go to one of the specialists um, uh, to restore a car, one of the Ferrari specialists in the, uh, in the UK, I guarantee you, your, 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 your Ferrari, your, your 250 Lusso will be a lot better quality finish fittings than it was when it came out of, uh, of, uh, of Marinello um, um, uh, in, in the 60s. It, it yeah. will be, yeah, yeah. So, so is it going to be the same? No. But just the materials that we have today, you know, and compared the, to 50 years ago, are just better. <laughs> the paint is better. The, 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 the pistons, the, the metals that we use now are better. The tires, I know they're the same shape, but they just, it's all, it's all better now. Yeah. I had um, someone recently, and this it, it was an interesting one, I, I drove the uh, GTO Engineering 250 short wheelbase revival. So like a 250 short wheelbase effectively built this year, last year. And um, it was a, an amazing experience. Loved it. Got out, was chatting to someone else about it. And they were like, oh, you should um, ask. And then someone mutually connected that's got a real one and was like, oh, you should ask so-and-so if you can have a go and hit. And I was like, I'm not actually, like, whilst, yes, it would be nice to drive the car, I'm not actually that interested in driving another one because I feel like the one I've just driven is probably going to be the best driving, the best put together, the most complete 250 short wheelbase you're going to come across because it was literally built this year. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's the, but that, you know, it's interesting you say that. So I think that there is, that we mustn't forget to, to, go back. So, so often when you jump into a sixties car and you expect it to perform really well because you get out of your Audi RS6 and then yeah. you jump into a 250 short wheelbase and you're like, Oh yeah. But I think you have to, often you have to like sort of stop, pause, breathe. Right. Let my set my mind back 50 years, you know? Mm. Um, uh, I mean, uh, uh, you know, what were things like 50 years ago? Okay. Now, now how, and you have to sort of appreciate the moment and you got to, I don't know, enjoy the fact that it's going to sound crazy. Enjoy the fact that the gear shift can be like a little bit slower or, or, or that, you know, the, uh, the, the, when you break, it's not absolutely planted. It will move around a bit. So, so you almost have to sort of, sort of enjoy it's or, or love it for its little imperfections. You know, it's part of its charm. It's part of the car's, uh, uh, part of the car's, uh, car's charm. 
Yeah, absolutely. And you get some of those cars that you've seen that like never been restored, raced back in period, whatever. And you go and you see the car and literally it's, it's literally just been, it's as if it's been put on a trailer in 1960 or whatever and has been pulled out of the trailer now. And you're like, oh, okay, no, this is quite cool because I'm sitting on, you know, the exact seat, the exact leather using the same gear stick as your famous racing driver legend from, you know, the old times and stuff like that. And that definitely for a lot, well, I think for a lot of people is a massive thing. Well, look, as, as people often say, it's only original once, right? Yeah. Once you restore it, it's, you can never, you can always restore it again. We can never go back to, to, to the originality. And, 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 you know, I can tell you from our clients and look from cars of all ages, look, everything from a, um, a sixties car, thirties car to, to an Enzo and you know, what's the perfect Enzo, the one that's never been repainted that's not been retrimmed, that's not had any, uh, any, any accidents, that is still original, right? That's what, mm. that, if, you, if you ask most of the listeners and, and you say, what is the best Enzo, is the one that's been untouched, not the one that's been repainted, or not the yeah. one that's, so, so, so people do appreciate the fact that originality is, has, a, has a value to it, especially when it comes to a car, because a car gets used and it gets worn and it, and it can be outside, and so to be able to keep it original is pretty special. Yeah. Yeah, and it's very impressive when you see things that are like, you know, a barn find of something that's just been literally just sat there, just mm-hmm. not moved. Mm-hmm. And it's almost a perfect time warp of yep. just everything in that era. Um, what was there? There was a car for sale. There's a car for sale at the moment. Oh, it's another one with collecting cars. It's, it's This is sort of your sort of jam. A Subaru. Uh, yeah. A WRC Subaru. A WRC thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is like got uh, like all sorts of stuff <laughs> the, phone the, the, in the, it chocolate, the chocolate the chocolate bar was still in the door and uh, and yeah 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 there's uh like it's a good story yeah yeah it's a good story the so those cars i feel like every time i i see you or see you selling a car you're selling another colin mccray subaru wrc <laughs> works car <laughs> how many are there <laughs> well it's interesting to say that the, re- the reason why you think I'm always selling one is because I own one and it's always around because I, l- I love driving it so much. And you think, oh, they're selling another one. That's always the same one. <laughs> there's always, uh, there's, there's always that one. No, um, look, uh, uh, rallying is a passion of ours. We, we, we do like our, our, our rally cars. It's sort of a, and, um, and there's that magical, well, we think anyways, magical era of, of Colin McRae and, 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 the late nineties and, and, mm. and it's sort of a, it, it's really great to see so many, so many people that remember those cars that now come back and like, Oh, I could own that car that I saw on TV. Um, but that apply, I think it applies to a lot of the cars from the nineties and the two thousands. There's, there's what well, we talk about all the time, the, 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 the car you had on the post, the poster in the bedroom that yeah. now you can afford, or, or you were watching TV when you're 15 and you saw, Colin McRae, you know, uh, or, 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 or it could be Prost, uh, in a Formula One car, or it could be Michael Schumacher. So, so there is definitely, um, uh, a lot of, of nostalgia around that, that era, because there's a whole generation of people that watch those cars, whether it's rally, whether it's Formula One, whether it's, it's, it's any discipline really, you know, group C as well. Um, um, I, I don't know if you, you know, Henry, Henry Pierman. I mean, every time I speak to Henry, he's got an amazing, 
collection of Group C cars. And every time I speak to Henry, yes. he's like, I remember that car because I was at Le Mans that year and I was in the pits and I, you know, you know, uh, the 550 Pro Drive that, that, that we have. Um, yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing it on TV at, um, uh, at, uh, at, at, at Le Mans. And, and to think that I can actually own that car yeah. now, I still sometimes have to go and think, really? How did that happen? How was that? How was that? Because I'm so passionate about it. You think I'd never be able to own a Ferrari that was at Le Mans. But yeah, it's, it's there. It's actually sitting next door. <laughs> Yeah, it's so mad. It's like those sorts of situations. And definitely with like 90s and forwards, we also have the era at, ongoing of um, like PlayStation cars mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and like video game cars. And I think the, the rally cars definitely fit into that and Colin McRae and all that. Yeah, exactly. That's what sort of Colin I, I, I tell you, everyone knows Colin McRae, but I am sure that his, uh, his, his, is it, what's the word? Notoriety? Notoriety? I yeah. don't know what the word is. It was was doubled because of the video game. Absolutely. <laughs> Colin McRae rally, you know, version one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And and thanks to that, there's I'm sure there's a bunch of people that never watched a rally in their lives, but that play the video game and they think, oh okay, now I know what uh, what uh, what 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 Colin McRae. But that appear that that goes to Colin or it goes to, to uh, uh, it's also with modern manufacturers. I mean, there you know a five nine nine GTO. I'm sure that you know that a lot of people learned about the two eight eight GTO and the two fifty GTO, but went backwards as opposed to yeah. learn about the two fifty GTO. And then I know, now I know why why it's a two eight eight GTO and now a five nine nine GTO and why they use those three letters and it's so important in Ferrari history. Yeah, it's it's that that def- I mean that definitely happened to me with like yeah like Porsche RS models. There we go. I knew about the latest one, and then you're like, oh, what came before that? And what came before? And, and that- Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Oh, right, 73, and that's when it started. Or, or yeah, that's so, so um, it's interesting how you, we, we learn, right? It's good. Mm, right. Yeah. Um, what, so one of the cars, actually, uh, do you still have one of these? Uh, a Lancia, is it a 037? Is it, or is it just called it is a 037? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So I've had a 037 for, oh gosh, um, I must have bought it 20 years ago. Um, when like literally, yeah. I, as I said, like my dad was rallying. It's like a family passion. So I've always had the rally cars around. So yeah, Lancia mm. 037, I, it's one of the, to me, like, listen, there is no, there isn't the greatest, but one of to me, the greatest Group B rally cars, 1980s, uh, early 80s, you know, Toivonen and uh, and two-wheel drive still. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's, I have to say it's probably one of my, one of my favorites. Can you say you have a favorite? I don't know if you can, but it is one of my favorites anyway. Yeah. The, um, and it's an interesting one actually, because over time I've been more drawn towards that car, whereas initially I've been drawn towards other rally cars of that era. Have you driven a bunch of the, those Group B cars now, presumably. Yes, have. I've been lucky enough to drive. I don't want to say all of them, but 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 quite a lot of the Group B um, uh, Group B era rally cars. And how do they sort of 
differ like let's say pick three major ones or something and what so, well i mean like so take the lancia the o 7 um yeah. we'll take and take an, an audi quattro uh and a peugeot 205 t16 um uh so they differ that's one of the great things i think about about ruby rallying of that of that era is that they're all so different in the mm. sense that audi had a five-cylinder turbo engine stuck way in the front of the car um, um, uh, Peugeot had a four-cylinder engine turbocharged as well, but but sort of mid-mounted and off to the side, which is really weird, sort of how they how they designed that. And then you take Lancia with the S4. Um, uh, they had a centrally mounted four-cylinder turbo charge and compressor. Um, uh, uh, so the great, I, I love the fact how every manufacturer at that time was interpreting the rules and making their own cars. Whereas mm. whereas today you look at WRC and they all have I should know this, but I don't. Is it 1600 or 1800, 1600 cc turbo oh, engines? They're all in the front. They're all they're all so similar. I know they look different colors and different shapes, but uh, <laughs> the cars. But they're all quite similar. Whereas in the 80s, there was really like everyone had a different idea of engineering their their ultimate rally car, and and so they all have really different characters. Actually, the Audi Quattro perhaps is probably one of the most iconic cars, but technically the engine was hanging way in the front and it kept on understeering. It's actually quite difficult to drive <laughs> yeah. and not as impressive as you think. And the 205 T16 of the cars I've driven, it seemed to give so much power. It's, it felt like it was the fastest one of the lot. I mean, right. what a thing. Uh, so so, so it, it's, uh, uh, I love them because they all have so many different characters. I, I, can, I can justify in my head having one of each because they're also different. <laughs> Not yeah. that I have one of each, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> but you could. You would very happily have a yes. collection of a collection Ruby, of Ruby cars. Yeah, yeah. Ruby yeah. cars. D- have you seen the Resto Mod remake by a company called I don't know how you pronounce it Chimera? Chimera? Yeah, Chimera. yeah. It's all over. It's all over the internet now, isn't it? Yeah. At the moment, it's like it's uh, it's 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 uh, it's quite. I think it looks great. Uh, what's it going to be like to drive? I don't know, but I think it's got a huge amount of uh, um, uh, of potential. I'm I'm not against resto mods. I mean, I know the jury's uh, um, uh, uh, out uh, on on resto mods. Some people hate them. Some people love them. But do it people, seems do that, people hate them. Uh, I guess I guess I, I I say hate them. But there are look, uh, they are the purists. That aren't yes. big fans, like uh, like for whether whether it's a singer Porsche, um, um, uh, whether it's Eugenio Amos and his uh, his Futurista, that was a two door yeah. Lancia rally. Um, you know, you always get someone. It's probably more like the old school guys. They're like, what, mm. what are you doing to a perfectly good nine eleven? What are you getting for perfectly good uh, the Lancia or 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 or, or, or um, the Alphaholics with the GTIR? Like, why? What are you doing to perfectly good? You know, Alpha Julia GTA or or or, or Julia sixteen hundred. So, not everyone is a, is a believer, um, uh, but I like them. I think it's uh, I, I like the idea of a of a of a of a resto. Is it, can you call it a resto mod? Is that what it is? I don't, yeah, I, I I think I think it's a resto mod. It's, it's a, yeah, it's a restored, modified. Restored modified. I don't know what, is that? I don't know. What, is that? I guess that's probably what Resto Mod stands for. Yeah. Um, I mean, listen, they've been doing it in America for years and years and years and years and years, right? Forever. Mm. Uh, we just caught on to it more on 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 with the European um, um, European cars. Um, I mean, Henry, talk about Henry Pyramid. He does it with Eagle E types, right? Yeah. 
Um, but not, not, yeah, I said, not everyone, not everyone is a fan. Um, I, I, I like them. I appreciate yeah. them. I appreciate the engineering behind it. I think you're, when I think about it now, actually, I've got one friend that, I don't think it's he doesn't like them. It's, he's a, a full-on, like, hardcore kind of old school. He love he would be like, well, if you, rather than buy a singer for the value of a singer, I would buy a insert Porsche racing car or something. Or rather than an Alphaholics car, I would buy a GTA R from the, whatever, from back in the day with yeah. some history and all that yeah. sort of stuff. Yeah. And you're like, I, uh, I under, from a value point of view, I think you're probably correct. That will long-term do better. But they are very much sort of, horses for courses you know it's what what's the intended use of that car and who is the buyer and they're, they're two very different people i think that's going to buy one versus the other yeah the rest of us like hugely successful right i mean singer yeah, like massively amazing so. amazingly successful um um uh, i was talking to to max banks and and he's like he's got orders i mean i think it's like is it two years before you can get a gtar um yeah something uh, like that Something, something like that. Um, uh, uh, Eugenio Amos sold all of his Futuristas. Rod Emery, he does the Porsche 356s out. They're cool, yeah. I think it's another like year or two years. So, so there's obviously demand um, uh, in for, for those cars. I, I, I like them. I don't own one. I, I would I own one? Yeah, why not? Yeah. Yes. The, um, I, I had um, who was it on? Matt Pryor on from yeah. um, Auto Car recently, and I was talking about this because they do their car of the year. And I said, well, do you ever put resto mods in your car of the year? And they don't really do it because it's normally kind of a main manufacturer thing. But I kind of think if <laughs> if they did that, if they started doing it and started putting in resto mods, I think resto mods will probably win for the next like 20 years because it's just obviously they're a lot more expensive. But like their kind of ethos is to, to get an on-road experience. Whereas yeah. so many new cars, they're not really designed because they have to be faster and they are heavier and whatever. For an on-road experience, they're just not really pitched that way. Whereas like yeah. a resto mod, they look cool and they're generally light and yeah, they, uh, they, moderate about power and all that. They've got the advantage of not having to, to, to adhere to crash test laws and, 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 and pollution and hybrid or or you know yeah. all those all those things they have a bit of a freer hand yeah they, they've got the constraints of what are you starting with but um uh you have a slightly freer hand as to the modifications and the rules that you have to comply to because you're taking a 1962 e-type uh, <laughs> and so you your 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 base rules are from 1960s right they're not they're not from 2010 or actually the way we're going, 2020 or 2000. Actually, now you probably build a car. You got to build it to 2025 rates, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. And if you if you resto mod a car, this is something with the um, GTO engineering cars. You can um, you have to have any Ferrari, any Ferrari, and then you can build one of their 250 short wheelbases. But they want it to be old enough where you don't have to have you don't get the emissions problem. So if your car came back in the day this shell that you're using or the, the plaque is a pre-cat car, your 2021 doesn't have cats. Now, obviously, that makes it a lot easier to do certain things um, and all that sort of stuff. But then you look at this 
this 037 Chimera, Chimera, whatever it's called. And you look at that and you go, that is an unbelievable looking thing. Looks damn cool. To make that nowadays, I think would be really difficult. Yeah, super difficult. And and as we said, I, it probably wouldn't be possible because your the headlights are probably too low and exactly uh, and and it doesn't have airbags and it doesn't have this and doesn't have that. So actually, you're right. It would t- today Lancia couldn't. I don't think could produce that car because of the because of the rules and regulations they have to they have to adhere to. It just wouldn't would not be possible. And also these manufacturers like like Alphaholics and and they can afford to make very, very limited run, all handmade, all bespoke, whereas obviously Ford, Porsche or whoever is, uh, they're not geared to their business model. It doesn't work to make 10 cars or 20 cars. And I mean, some of like, you know, maybe Pagani or Bugatti, but but the, most of the main mainstream manufacturers can't, just cannot make such a limited, small run of cars. We've got massive factories and loads of people and all that. Exactly. And they can't just go, okay, this one costs a million pounds. It's going to take us two years to build. <laughs> and, and we'll just sell it we'll still make a profit but it'll be okay in, in terms of what do you think the sort of state of the market is at the moment what's sort of going up what is it hot Some you know stuff I cold? Just, I have um uh, I've literally just come back from America um uh, I'm I'm it's a good thing we're doing this over zoom because I'm quarantined um mm. uh, and uh there was the there was Amelia Island Concour and uh, which was a fantastic event there was the uh, the auctions there from from RM Sotheby's and from Bonhams, and I can tell you that coming back from America, there is a great mood, a great vibe. Um, everyone is very excited to be at a car event, which I think is the first car event I've been to in a year. Um, yeah, uh, there was there was just a really good vibe amongst all the collectors, and the auction results proved the same. The auction results were really really good. You know, um, um, uh, everything I say everything, most everything sold. Good prices. Uh, I know the market for F50s is very different between America and Europe, but I hadn't seen a, uh, an F50 sell for over three million dollars. Uh, wow. An F40 made almost two million dollars. And again, two different markets. Like the, those, like F50s, you can't register them unless it's a US spec car yeah. or ninety-four. But 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 still, even by American standards, there were some great results. Really good results, and there seemed to be a real energy. I, I wonder if it's because everyone was so excited to be back out again. And like at a car event and they're a real auction and we can really buy cars and see them and touch yeah. them. And, and so I'm sure there's an element of that. Um, uh, but I have to say that, that there was energy and electricity in the, uh, uh, in the room. And I just, I just really hope that that translates. So that comes back to us in, uh, in Europe as well, as soon as we have our first events and our first, um, uh, and our first auctions, you know, in America, you often, often get more positive vibe for some reason, like, like just the American way, like everyone's always a little bit more happy. We, we tend yep. to be a bit more grumpy over here in Europe sometimes. Right? We definitely are. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but yeah, so, so having just returned, I can tell you firsthand that there was a great atmosphere and that, and that people are, are excited to buy, to sell, to transact, you know, to swap, mm. to buy, to sell. There were cars for sale and cars were being bought. So, uh, so it's really, uh, really quite, I see it as very, very positive, really positive. Yeah. I've noticed in the UK, and, and and speaking to some friends and stuff, everyone seems to be picking up on the same thing. We seem to be almost like the the stock in dealerships seems to be just running out at the moment. Definitely yep. more modern stuff. And people are getting offered on cars significantly more than like a couple of months ago. 
on relatively new-ish stuff. The yeah. prices have just gone up where I, I think there just aren't cars for sale at the moment and people seem to be wanting to buy. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, there, was, there was someone who was talking to me about um, the, the fact that there is sort of a shortage of new cars as well because um, mm. of the shortage of chips and production. And, and so, so uh, you, can, you can trade in your second-hand car at the moment probably for the same price that, yeah, I'm talking about normal cars like a, like a yeah. like Golfs, but probably the same price that you paid for it six months ago or, or a year ago, for free motoring yeah. for six, six or 12 months. And, um, and because there is a, as you say, there is a shortage of, of secondhand cars and probably also a shortage of new cars. It'll take ages before you can get your, you order a new car today before you actually get it delivered. And look, yeah. at the end of the day, especially with those cars, supply and demand, right? Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny, though, like how it shifts so much. It can shift so much in like six months. Like a, a friend's got a GT, came in GT4, and he's saying, people are offering me more than I paid for it. And I've yeah. had it for like a year, and I've driven it. And like, <laughs> <laughs> just not ready to sell it yet. But you're like, oh, interesting. I don't think it's going to last forever. No. It will, this, this, this will, we will go back to this, that's this initial sort of a spike of excitement. We will go back to normal as well. And it's not going to, you know, these cars aren't always going to be, you're not going to always get offered more and more and more and more. There is, no. it, is, it is a wave. Especially on new cars. Yeah. There's so many made, okay, not right now, but modern supercars and stuff. Yeah. There's so many out there. They're all pretty similar. I know they're yeah. different, but relatively similar. This whole thing of like having a car when it just comes out, flipping it six months later or three months later. Last forever. I think that's, it's not so much at the moment. And I think it's kind of going. Um, a car that you had for sale... I guess in the last year, um, you had an XJR 15. Yeah. Yeah. This was another one of those ones that's not been driven very much, actually. No, it had, oh no, I don't remember, but it certainly had less than a thousand, certainly less than a thousand miles, but like less than a thousand, maybe even less than 600 miles. Um, um, again, another one where you need to be a bit of a contortionist to get in and out of. (laughs) It's quite loud on the road. You know, talking about that fascination of putting race cars on the road. (laughs) Yeah. That was it's, it's quite an interesting car, the XJR15. Like I didn't really know too much about it. I came across XJ221 first, and then I went yep. to an event, and there was an, someone brought an XJR15, and I was like, "What on earth is that?" Like, Carbon tub V12. Yeah. Like, what happened with the XJ220? <laughs> this this <laughs> thing that came out before is significantly more mad. Um, yeah, they're quite cool cars. Those. It's super cool, and 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 really 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 rare um uh, as a a, a car and and today uh, like i tell you what it wasn't that long ago that nobody 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 wanted an xr15 and then all of a sudden it seemed to have spiked everyone's interested it was like it was sort of sort of everyone forgot about it and now all of a sudden it's like oh hang on a second that is a that is a that is a cool thing um uh, you know uh, only what was it like 50 produced quite quite a rare car um uh yeah, it, it, it's definitely, definitely all of a sudden spiked in, in, in interest. Maybe it's that 90s car, you know? It's yeah. part of that 90s movement. Yeah, and all those sort of, the cars around it, I guess, well, GT1. McLaren when, F1? when was GT1? That was a bit later. Yeah, McLaren F1 and all those sorts of things have just gone like mental. And you go, oh, yeah. no, there was a Jaguar and it yeah. was pretty yeah. cool. And it was 12 cylinders and it was a six liter, you know, and it was a carbon tub, you know. Yeah, I had a, a lot, a lot, a lot going on. Oh, yeah. One of the other things that you've, you've done, another year, another Christmas movie. 
Oh, yes. <laughs> Always yeah. be drinking some rally car, right? Yeah, exactly. Something rally, something hooning around. I, uh, I hadn't actually watched it until this morning. I thought, oh, let's just see what these guys have been up to. And uh, I have to say, actually, as a, a video and a, a movie, it's a very good, well put together and they all always are, but there's like a storyline and everything. I thought I thought it was very good, very good. To, to be honest with you, it's uh, thank you very much, thank you. Um, and to be honest with you, it's uh, it's getting more and more. The first one was like ah, it's just two of us. Let's go and you know yeah. do some skids and put a Christmas tree on, and then everyone like loved it. And then it's like okay, we'll do it again, and then and then okay, well maybe we'll put a bit more effort, and then a bit more effort, and now we're like onto like storylines and and skids and cars and. It's almost like this is like the time, like in another month or so, I'm going to start getting stressed about geez, what we're going to do for next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're going to keep keep innovating, keep doing more things. Think, oh gosh, we're going to we're going to got to think of a new idea. I think of a new. Um, um, well, I say a new idea. That's the thing. There's got to have to be some kind of skids, and there's got to be something Christmas. So it's a new idea without thinking of a new idea. It makes it even more difficult. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's got to fit between these parameters, but still be still be entertaining. So if it? anyone has an idea, please email me and give me some suggestions. Contact us. Tell us what you think. Um, uh, we need some. Uh, we need some suggestions. No, it was it was pretty cool. How long does it take to make something like that? Um, I always think it it takes like whatever. We'll be out filming for a day, and then a day turns into a week. And then you got to edit it before, plan it after. By the end of the time you're done, it's always a month. Mm. I mean, don't get me wrong; it's not a month of like every day nine hours a day. But yeah. but but like between once we've we start put the wheels in motion, you know, you got to book venues, move cars, transporters, video, sound. Um, then it gets called off because of the weather, or the car breaks down, and then you know move here and then film there and then redo that bit because that didn't work. Uh, it just it just. It used to take a few days, and now it's turned into this month of, of <laughs> a lava. Of, and I was just looking, so what are we doing? <laughs> it's weekend, Saturday, Sundays. Got to film this at night. Film this at the day. It just, it just, yeah. But it, it, you know what? It's great fun to plan. It's great fun to do. It's no, it's a fun to. Yeah, it is fun to do. Sometimes a bit painful because you think, whatever. I'm opening a present. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but when you watch the 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 end result, we're always super happy, and it's always exciting, and it, and it's nice that everyone follows it and likes it it's 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 kind of fun to share it you know yeah yeah it's a good thing and it sort of it clearly it brings across shows across the your the passion from uh from you guys especially for for what you're doing and have and having a laugh as well like yeah that's not, not everything so serious yeah exactly another car they popped in that when i was there yeah this uh an alfa romeo 179c formula one car that just looks have you driven anything like that no, you know what? I've been super lucky. I've driven so many different things from LMP cars to GT1 to 50 sports cars, 60s GT cars, rally cars, world rally cars. Um, but I've never, ever, ever, ever driven a Formula One car. And mark my words, it's on the bucket list. Like I, I, it's just one of those things I want to do in life. I want to drive a Formula One car. And on my list of, you know, whatever it is, 10 things to do um, yeah. uh, before I die or whatever, whatever the thing is. I definitely want to do a race in a Formula One car in Monaco, in the historic Ooh. Grand Prix. Yeah. Obviously yeah. I can't. Obviously my, my talents don't stretch me to do a Formula One race in, in Monaco, <laughs> so we're going to stick to the historic Grand Prix because that's easier to get into. Um, but I think that everyone says that's the purest form of driving, um, uh, single-seaters to, 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 in the first instance, you know, the 
just you strapped to this engine, basically. You can see the wheels, you're close to the ground, um, wind in your helmet, not in your hair. Uh, so from a driving experience, I think a single seater is, must be phenomenal. Like all your senses are, are, are lit up. And then to have an Alfa Romeo with a 12 cylinder engine, um, you know, that engine is probably one of the best sounding, um, Formula One cars, like, uh, Formula One engines and, and it's 12 cylinders. It's got the right livery. It's Marlboro cigarettes, Formula One, eighties. Um, yeah. I think it's got, it must, it hopefully has some kind of, um, uh, booze sponsor on there as well. So basically alcohol, cigarettes and Formula One. What else, you know, 1980s, like Monaco. What else do you, what else do you want from life? So it's super iconic. That Marlboro livery, um, yeah. uh, with that and a 12 cylinder engine. That is, uh, to me, that's, that's, that is like one of the Formula One icons, uh, just what it symbolizes in that era. Yeah, totally. And I, well, the idea of driving something like that remotely quickly around Monaco, it terrifies (laughs) me, but. And you know what the other thing is? People don't realize that, that, that they are, can I say they're good value for money? They're amazing value for money if you think about it. It, 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 You know, if you think of a, I just said to you, an F50 made $3 million at auction. Yes. You can go, depending on the Formula One, yeah, yes, there are Formula One cars that are $3 million, but, but, but for, for example, that, 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 um, that alpha, um, is sort of like 650,000 euros. What is that? Like 550,000 pounds, which mm. I appreciate is a, is a lot of money. But if you think about it, you're driving a works Formula One Alfa Romeo, um, um, uh, for 550,000 pounds. It's not actually complete madness. I appreciate it's not particularly practical, not very usable <laughs> unless you have a circuit, but there's plenty of modern cars that, that, that cost the same. And that's a Formula yeah. One car. It isn't like completely, it's not completely out of this world, to put it that way. You go, yeah. okay, no, that's, but, but that is an F1 car with a V12. That is an F1 yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so there's something about it. Yeah, no, very, very cool. What are you looking forward to coming up? Because you've, you've been to, to your well, first just, event of the year. I've just been to the first events of the year, just been to Amelia Island. I'm actually, uh, as soon as I finish my quarantine, I'm actually leaving again because uh, a friend of mine has invited me to go and uh, and drive with them at the Nürburgring 24-hour race uh, next weekend. Oh, amazing. Yeah, which is going to be amazing. We're in a Porsche Cayman um, uh, on the grid. Um, I mean, I think we're we're more of a mobile chicane for all the GTT <laughs> and all the work teams. Um, but we will be there and we plan to uh, to finish. But it's, it's an amazing, it'll be an amazing experience in Nürburgring 24 so um you, so that's that's that'd be really good fun that's sort of on the have on you the raced modern. there before before but actually presumably yeah. you have to have raced there a little bit to be able to do the 24 yeah exactly yeah you're well informed yeah so I, I've, I think I've done some VLN races there um mm. and did a couple of 22 or three 24 hour races uh, uh, uh races there because you to be able to qualify for the 24 you have to have what's they call an a1 license which um uh, which basically just have to have done a certain amount of races at the Nürburgring with, yeah. the, with that race series. So, um, uh, so it's going to be amazing. I'm super looking, really excited, uh, really looking forward to it. We're not, you know, we're going to take part obviously in a Cayman, yeah. you're not going to, to win, but yeah, we hopefully we can have a, see how we do in our, uh, in our class. And then, you know, it's like, uh, it's great. It's when you go do something like that and especially a 24 hour race, um, you go with not, not sort of quite relaxed and it's about hanging out with friends going to the Piston Clouser for some, some, some steak and some beers. Um, it's like a boys weekend away, which is, which really, really fun. Like super yeah. great. It's going to be great fun. Have some, some curry verse, some, some fries, you know, and beer. 
And, oh, and drive. <laughs> <laughs> and and do some some driving do, on it. Driving right? in yes. the middle of the night around the Nurburgring in the dark. Yes. Yeah, in the rain, probably. <laughs> the rain, probably the rain. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, cool. I look forward to that, and then there'll be some. You know, Pebble Beach is going to happen this year, which would be great. And um, mm. to go back out to California, that's always a miss. Having missed one year, everyone's going to be even more eager to go back. Uh, so we've got Pebble Beach to look forward to this summer. Um, got some more, uh, some racing. We're going to do a support race at Le Mans as well because um, oh, they're nice. doing GT1s at Le Mans. So we're going to going to do that. Um, uh, so yeah, um, Goodwood, of course, always be a Goodwood. It's actually going to be a, a, an exciting and busy busy year coming up. Yeah. Oh, that, so that's going to be cool. You're, you're taking the GT1 back yeah. to Le Mans. Yeah. Did you do the <laughs> classic? Yes. Actually, no, but you're at the real Le Mans. Like, not the real Le Mans, this, you know, like the proper Le Mans yeah, this time. Yeah, you? obviously not racing in the proper Le Mans. There, there's a one hour, or is it 45 minutes? I can't remember. Support yeah. race before the start of the, as you call it, the real Le Mans. So we're taking the 550 Pro Drive, the GT1, um, uh, back to Le Mans um, after. Well, cool. mind you, you should know its way around. It's, it's that, that actual car has done Le Mans five times. Is it five times? Five times. So it should know its way around. It's it's the uh, pretty pretty well. So it's cool to take it back again. Yeah, that's wicked. That would be so cool. Yeah, that'd be really good. So yeah, so we got some exciting uh, things happening um, uh, this year, and and uh, and yeah, got some cars coming and going all the time, which is like you know lucky position to be in. Hmm. Yeah. No, it sounds it sounds very good. I definitely I like like the new place. I I wouldn't mind uh, some of your car storage ability on my <laughs> home <laughs> that would be, be very Here we useful go. it's not even finished yet <laughs> I, I, i've definitely got i've got two garage spots and at the moment six cars so there we go you're our perfect <laughs> clients but i want them at home <laughs> <laughs> well whilst you build your garage we can help you store them yeah somewhere. yeah yeah okay right well i normally wrap these up with five questions but since you've been on it before and you'll have answered some of them before. We'll do a modified five questions. Let's do Maybe it. like three or something. Five car garage. Unlimited five values. car garage. Um, uh, uh, I'm going to go for the Spectrum. I want a pre-war car because they're just so much fun to fun to drive. Um, like a, like an, an Alfa Romeo. Or just, they make the best pre-war cars. Like mm-hmm. a 6C or an 8C, 8C Alfa. Um, uh, definitely want a, a 60s car. Um, and I know it's very cliche with a GTO, but I want a 64 GTO, not a 62 GTO. Everyone wants a 60 GTO. I think 64 is super cool. It's rare. It's more aerodynamic. It's, 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 and also I spent a lot of time driving a 64 GTO, um, uh, uh, when Chris had his car. So, so I've sort of got a bit of a soft spot for it. Um, uh, definitely have to have a rally car in there. Um, of course. Uh, so I'm pleased to report I already have the first car of my, my five car garage because I will have a Lancia 037. Um, uh, I feel like everyone wants a McLaren F1, right? You sort of have to sort of have to have a McLaren F1. Sort of just one of those things you have to have, right? Road Um, car? uh, I would have a short tail GTR Mm. just because there's something cool about the fact that it's raced Le Mans and then you can, it's the last car that raced Le Mans and then you can also drive it on the road. Um, And uh, last but not least, um, I would have a Ferrari 275 GTB Mm. because it's stylish, because it's cool. Because it's fast, it's 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 just to me a two seven five is like it's almost the ultimate classic car. It does everything. Yeah, it's just, it's just Ferrari twelve cylinders, amazing looking, great performance, and it looks amazing. It's almost underrated. Yeah, there we go. It's yeah. on the list. Ask me tomorrow, and the garage will be completely different. <laughs> 
I missed out a Subaru World Rally car and a fucking... <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> another day, another five cars. Exactly. Um, if you could only drive one car for the rest of your life and you have a 500 pound something else on the side. Well, I have a 500 pound 205 Peugeot 205. Nice. So I've got, I've got the something on the side already. Yeah. And if I only had one car, it would have to be something from the sixties. Um, and, um, it would have to be, I hate to sound so cliche. It had to be a Ferrari. Um, uh, you know what? I, it's only because I drove it this morning. I, I'm I, uh, today. You catch me today when I'm particularly in love with the two seven five. Just because <laughs> I drove it this morning and I stopped and I looked and I thought it looks amazing and I had such a nice drive. It was it was it was the sun was just coming through the clouds. So today you caught me on a on a two seven five GTB Berlinetta day. Nice. Next nice. to my two hundred five XSI. Yeah. Right. Best. Va- okay. Best value car for under fifty k. Best value car for under fifty thousand um, pounds. Wow, that is is tricky. difficult. That is super tricky. How much is a? Um, uh, tell you what, I have a lot of fun in. How much is a BMW an M3 CSL worth these days? That's more than fifty thousand pounds, isn't it? It's a lot more. More, I think. Way more. Way off, huh? Damn it! I don't know how much they are, but I feel like they're more than that. Because I tell you what, I, I, every time I have one and every time I get into it, I think to myself, ooh, that's, that's, that's great fun. That is, that is a really fun car to drive. Um, best value car for under £50,000. Gosh, you've put me in the spot and you've, um, I feel like you've, you've trumped me. It's funny because you know, sometimes you drive a car and you think, how much is that? Oh, I tell you what, got it. You're going you're gonna to laugh when I say this. You're going to think, what? Best value car. I'm going to go for classic car, not modern car. So yeah. um, a Lotus Elan. Oh, if you drive a bog standard Lotus Elan, you definitely get one for less than fifty thousand pounds. I tell you, you get a great one for less than fifty thousand pounds. You will be blown away by how it drives as a road car. Great, oh, top to down. Drive one. Go to drive one. Top down, two seats, lightweight, um, uh, uh, um, uh, good looks. I mean, good, nice sort of classic, classic car looks. Okay, it's made out of fiberglass, plastic, but that's that's say hey, you said fifty thousand pounds. Um, you will be blown away by. How good a Lotus Elan is to drive. Best value for money for a classic car, Lotus Elan, if you're a driver. Yeah, they look, and they, they're cool. The, the race cars, everyone seems to rave about the race cars. But you try and you drive a, drive a road car and you can get all the bits. You can order new chassis because they rot. <laughs> you just order them online. <laughs> nice, nice. Okay, most undervalued car at the moment. Most undervalued car at the moment today. I mean, I think that if you... If you choose, you know, there, there is a car that I feel like has got so much potential, um, uh, which is a, fi- a Ferrari 599, um, uh, a 599 Aperta. They've been at sort of, what, it's a lot of money, don't get me wrong. It's, they've been sort of called it under a million euros or under a million pounds forever and mm. ever and ever. It's, a, it's a, like the performance of a 599 GTO. It's open top. They only made 80. And if you think about it, by, by Ferrari standards, by modern day Ferrari standards, a limited edition Ferrari of which they only made 80 is like, it's yeah. never going to happen again. That's it. I mean, there's more, there's bloody more La Ferraris. There's more La Ferrari Apertas than there is a 599 Aperta. So I reckon that in 10 years time, we'll look back and think, Jesus, there was only 80. Find one in a good color with half decent mileage. I mean, they're all pretty low mileage, but in a, in a, in a good color. And I think that car, you know, when you say what's the best value for me, I mean, you're looking for a car that's got like great future potential. So yeah. 
obviously the car you pick, everyone's going to be like, well, why would you want that? But mark my words, 10 years time, you think, God, you know what? Do you remember they were like less than a million pounds and there's only 80 of them and it's 12 cylinders and it's sort of 599 GTO performance. So there yeah. we go. It's my, a very, I remember that coming out and being like, that is a seriously cool car. And then Ferrari have kind of done, because the one after that, the F12 one, was um that was like one of six or something? They were, oh, when they did the uh, when they did the, the Super the, America the or something? Super America that was only for the American market and so on, and that was like three million dollars. Yeah, but there was, so, and it was like four. Yeah, yeah. But um, now and now we've got the GTS, so yeah. it's a production now, car. Now it's a production car. So five nine nine GT uh, five nine nine five nine nine uh, uh, SA Aperta. I think it's got. Uh, uh, from a collectability point of view, it's a Ferrari. It's a limited edition. It's twelve cylinders. I think it's got um, it's got it's got potential for the future. Yeah, for sure. Right. Final question: Most interesting car to you at the moment? Most interesting car to me at the moment, as in a new car, or as in an old car, or just new an car, interesting old car? car? Anything? Anything? I tell you what. I I I I, I think is uh, um uh, is is Wow, it's interesting. Yeah, I think um, uh, I think it's interesting. I've uh, 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 renewed fascination with Bugatti, um, mm. and I think an EB110 um, Bugatti is a really interesting car. Like, not only for the car itself, but for the whole story behind it. Um, you know, uh, the technology that was packed into the car at the time. Um, you know, uh, quad turbo and 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 and. Four valves per cylinder, V12, twin cam, four-wheel drive, six-speed gearbox, and just the whole romantic story behind Artioli when he bought the Bugatti name, launching this car, um, uh, how expensive it was, how he was losing money with every car he lost and he went bankrupt. Um, but I think that the, 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 the aura around the Bugatti, the aura, the story behind the EB110, and if you delve into the technical aspects of it as well, I think is, uh, is, is super interesting and, and, quirky and different handmade it just to me it ticks a lot of um uh, ticks a lot of uh, a lot of boxes yeah yeah they're very cool things and not they've they've seen a serious price shift in the last yeah couple of years yes definitely 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 yeah yeah and you know it's a brand bugatti is still is a brand that still exists which i think was it's always it's always good when the brand still exists it, it helps drive the interest in those particular cars yeah, especially when the new ones, I'd, I don't know how much a new one is, but let's say a new one's like two and a half million or something like that. That is an absolute guess. But And they're making more and more and more expensive cars. And you look at some of these older ones and they're still, they've got the badge, they've got the yep. stats and yep. they, they, they were much less. You look and go, oh, that seems like quite a bargain at the time. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I have a fascination. I think an EB, we got EB110 is a very interesting car. Cool. Well... Thanks very much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, it was good. It's always nice. It's always fun, to, fun to talk cars for a little bit. Yeah, no, it was good, and good. it was uh, it was nice to come and see your new place the other day. And yeah, I'll have to come back at some point in time. Come and uh, you, and uh, see the progress. Yes, and when you set up your rally circuit <laughs> in the fields, <laughs> yeah, exactly. watch watch this face. I got to plant some trees first. <laughs> but watch this face. <laughs> <laughs>